Hello Life Changers, thank you so much for joining us. We have got an amazing sermon for you, so why don't you lean in, grab a notebook, grab a pen, and get ready to hear of the more that God has for us. Good morning everybody. Just, it really is such a privilege to be here standing and sharing with you what I feel is on God's heart. So some of you might have been here, I think it was two weeks ago, when at the end of the worship Just before we left to go and get our coffees, um, I came up to the front and I spoke about picking it up. Do any of you remember that? Yes, okay. So this is just a continuation of that because it's something I really, really feel is on God's heart at the moment for us. And when I first got that picture, I was thinking about Elijah and Elisha and the mantle that was thrown down. And we're going to read the, the little scripture that speaks about it, but what really struck me is that that mantle was quite familiar to Elisha. You know, a few months or some time before, we don't know exactly how long, but some time before, Elisha had been plowing in a field, and the prophet Elijah had walked up to him and thrown his mantle around him kind of declaring what the prophetic call was on Elisha's life. And as they were walking, just before Elijah got taken up to heaven, Elijah had used that mantle to strike the river, and it had separated, and they'd walked through. So this mantle had personal significance, but also was something very familiar. But in that moment when Elijah got taken up to heaven, Elisha had to make a decision, and he had to decide, would he pick up that mantle, or would he just turn around and walk away? Because to be a prophet, not always a fun job in Israel, right? And it would cost him, and he had to make a decision. And I really feel like God is speaking to us and saying, it's time to start picking up some mantles. So we're just going to start with reading from 2 Kings 2, verse 12 to 14. And this is Elisha's response. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's mantle that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. And when he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. And I love Elisha's response, because he doesn't just pick up that mantle. He takes his own garment and tears it up, and he picks it up. And I feel in the same way, God is speaking to us now and calling us to move into a new season of living in what he's called us to do. And he's asking us to take the things linked to our natural selves, our natural abilities, and tear those things up and put on the mantles that he's given us because he's calling us into a new season. So I really pray that today you'll be encouraged and really have courage put in you, encouraged to do what God's calling you to do. So I'm just going to pray for God to do that while I speak. 
So, Father, we just come before you. you. It's Father's Day, and you're our Father, and you're such a good, good Father. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that as I bring your word, that you would work in our hearts, that you would call us into this new season, that you would help us tear up our old garments and put on the new mantles that you're calling us to take up. I just pray that you would speak and you would move and that we would leave today different to how we came in. In your precious name, amen. So the first mantle that I feel God's wanting us to take up is to pick up the mantle of our purpose. And I think the last few years have really, I mean, they've been tough for everyone. Everyone's had to deal with some kind of change or loss or disappointment. And for some of us, we've done what is right for us to do, and that is we've clung to God. We've clung to our rock, and we've made it through. And we're so thankful that he is our refuge. But my concern is that we will stay successful survivors, And that's not the fullness of God's purpose for us, right? And I just wonder if we have remained aware of the mandate that God has given us to go out into the world and make disciples. Have we remembered that we are ambassadors? We're aliens on this earth. We're ambassadors of God with a message of reconciliation. Have we remembered that we are a lampstand set on a hill to display his glory and bring his light? Have we remembered that we're salt? Have we remembered that we're more than conquerors? Have we remembered that we carry in us the spirit of the living God? Or have we just closed our eyes, hunkered down, and shrunk from our purpose? And when I was thinking about this, I was reminded of a place. It's quite a special place. It's a kitchen. There it is. And if you were to go to Alabama and visit the home of Martin Luther King Jr., the tour of his house would end in this place because this is such a significant place. So the, the story goes that Martin Luther King was in bed one night and the phone rang. It was still quite early on in their fight against segregation and he answered the phone and it was a, a bomb threat against him and his family. And he got up and he went to the kitchen and he made himself a cup of coffee and he cried out to God. He said, God, I believe what I'm doing is right. I believe this is my purpose. I believe it, but it's tough. I've got my family. Everything's at risk. And as he speaks about this moment, he says that he heard God speak to him and say, stand up for truth stand up for justice, and stand up for righteousness, and I am with you. And I think that there is something about our purpose 
whether it's an individual purpose that we've been given, which I, I totally believe is true, but we're also given the corporate purpose of being the church. And sometimes we have to come before God and say, I need you to remind me of that mantle of my purpose and to pick it up, no matter what the cost. Because I think some of us have lost that. We have to move from successful survivors to being the called children of God. The next area that I feel God's challenging us in is to pick up the mantle of our spiritual authority. And I think it's so easy for us to forget that yes, we, we move in the natural, but we're also called to move in the spiritual, right? It's so easy when something happens for us to just default to being confined to the laws of the earth. And we forget, we forget so quickly that we have been given spiritual authority. So I love reading from the Gospels, and in Luke 9, verse 1 to 6, it speaks about when Jesus sent out the 12. And it says, One day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And in verse 6, so they began their circuit of the villages, preaching the good news and healing the sick. And what I love about this passage is that Jesus gives them the authority. He prays for them, he anoints him, he says, go out, preach, and heal the sick. And then they just do that. You know, in verse 6 it says, they went out, they preached, and they healed the sick. And this was before the resurrection. This was before the victory on the cross. And, and here we are sitting, and we have been given so much more authority and anointing. And I just am so aware of how seldomly we use it. And we've got to pick up that mantle. I want to read from Ephesians 1, verse 19 to 23. And this really is my prayer for myself and for all of us. It says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And I love this. It's like the same spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of us. Like that is amazing. But also what I love is it says, and God placed all things under his feet. And then it says Jesus is the head. And we're the body. 
And from what I know about anatomy, the feet are part of the body, right? Which means we have authority, but we need to start moving into it. And I really want us to encourage each other and to encourage ourselves whenever something happens. It's not default to thinking we're like those who do not have Christ. But let's encourage each other to pick up that mantle. The third mantle I feel God wants us to pick up again sometimes is the mantle of our gifting. And it says in Romans 12, from verse 4 to 8, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. And if it's serving, then serve. And if it's teaching, then teach. And if it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And one of the things that's lovely about life changes is that you know, so many people are serving. So many people are involved. Um, and I think that's really quite unique and special. But I wonder if there's another gift that God has given you. And you aren't yet moving in that. You haven't yet picked up that mantle. And when I read this, it says that the strength, the health of the whole body is dependent on each one of us doing what we're called to do. This isn't the time to just you do you in a corner somewhere far away. No, it's you do what God has called you to do and anointed you to do and gifted you to do so that we together can do what God's called us to do. It's like, I need you to do what God's called you to do. And you need me to do what God's called me to do. And we need to encourage each other to work in our gifting. And I don't use that term work lightly, but in Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so this morning, I want you to pick up your gifting and work in it. Do something with it. Because we all are called to do that. The next mantle, it's, it's an interesting one. I'm very happy that Quentin agrees with my title because it was a bit odd for me. But that is pick up what you see. And I didn't know what to title this because it really is just picking up what you see in front of you. And I think that many times we anticipate a voice from God or we anticipate something, some miraculous sign that's going to tell us what to do. But actually, sometimes God just wants you to respond to what's right in front of you. He's put you in a particular place and he's showing you something and he's saying, well, just pick it up. 
pick up the authority to deal in that situation. And I love the story in 1 Samuel 13 and 14. Um, it's the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer. And the story is Jonathan and his armor bearer decide to go out and find where the Philistines are, kind of spy on them. And it's just the two of them. So Jonathan, a prince, the son of, the, of King Saul, he has one sword, and that's it. The two of them and one sword. And off they go. And I love Jonathan's attitude in the whole thing. So I'm just going to read it from 1 Samuel 14, verse 6 to 12. So Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I'm with you heart and soul. And Jonathan said, come on then, we'll cross over towards them and let them see us. And if they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we'll stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, we will climb up, because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. And what I love about this is nowhere did God say to Jonathan, Jonathan, I want you to go and do this. I mean, Jonathan even says in that second line, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. And yet this, this small act of faith and confidence led to a great victory for the Israelites against the Philistines. It also brought courage back so that the Israelites who were hiding in caves and rocks came back to be part of the army. And yet, God didn't ever specifically say anything to Jonathan. It was just Jonathan acting with an understanding of the principles of God and the character of God. So... Jonathan's there, he sees the enemy, and he says, that enemy is not supposed to be there. I'm going with faith and confidence that God actually wants this enemy out of here, and that's what happens. And so I really think sometimes we see something, and because we don't hear it, we, we just don't have the confidence to pick it up. But what God's saying is, no, have the confidence in me to go and address that and pick it up. And I, when I was thinking about this, I was reminded of John, I'm sorry, not John, <laughs> William Wilberforce. And William Wilberforce, you might know of him, but he was born in 1759. And in the 1760s, he was part of a small church. The leader of the church was John Newton, who was the slave trader turned Anglican priest who wrote that, that song, Amazing Grace. And so William grew up in this church, became very successful. At 21, he was a member of parliament. And at 25, he gave his life to Jesus. 
And very soon after, he started to fight slavery. Now, slavery had been part of world history for so long, but it had been part of the British colonies for centuries. So to come up against this giant, like we understand now, we're on this side of history, we know how that story ended. But for him, he's 25 years old. And I have looked to see if there was a particular moment where God spoke to him and said, I want you to go after slavery. And I can't find any record of it anywhere. But what I see is that William saw where he was, the influence he had being in Parliament. And he saw what was happening. And he said, this is against the principles of the kingdom of God. And I am going to pick that up. I'm going to pick up that responsibility. And what I love is that God in his kindness let William see the end of his battle. Three days before he died, in 1833, on the 26th of July, the Slavery Abolition Act was passed by the House of Commons. And three days later, William died. And I, I just think that's incredibly kind of God to let him see that. But the challenge really is for us. Where you are, the influence that you have, the position you have, what are you seeing? That when you look at it, you're like, that's just not in line with the kingdom of God. And I really pray that the confidence, your confidence in God, your confidence in his desire for you to actually make a difference would rise up so that you pick up some things. My final point today is not really on picking up a mantle, but I feel God calling us again to pick up our cross. When I was thinking through this whole theme of picking up, I was thinking about Jesus and that moment when he picked up the responsibility. And we see in Matthew 26, verse 37 to 44, Jesus took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples, found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, May your will be done. And when he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. In that moment, our Savior made a decision to pick up that cross. 
to pick up the responsibility for saving us. And we're called to do the same. In Matthew 16, Jesus says, in verse 24, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And just in this age where we're bombarded with so many messages about self-care and self-love and individualism and self-fulfillment, the Bible tells us actually where to pick up our cross. And will we have that same response? Not my will, but your will be done, no matter the price, no matter the cost. I really feel the encouragement from heaven for us to pick that up again. And in closing, I just want to read one final passage that really sums up so much of what I've been saying. It's from Ephesians 4, verse 16 to 24. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Let's be like Elisha. Let's throw off and tear up our own garments. Let's pick up the mantles that God's given us. Let's pick up that mantle of authority, the mantle of God's purpose, the mantle of his gifting. Let's pick up our cross. Let's respond with faith. And I know that for some of you, you might be sitting here and saying, you know what, I used to do this. Because I know that's a challenge for me. There were other times in my life where I might have picked up that spiritual authority a lot faster than I do now. So for some, this isn't a new message. It's a reminder to get back to that. And for some, it is a new message. Because God hasn't called us to just quietly exist. We're not here just on a long, slow march to our grave so that one day we get to see Jesus. No, he's calling us to have faith and confidence now to see him now change the world now in us and through us.
just as I close, I just wonder if you could stand with me and pray. Let's close our eyes and just see ourselves before our King. And I really don't know what God's challenging you with today. But Father, we just ask that you would speak over us. That you would show us what to take off and what to pick up. Lord, we don't want to just inhale and exhale. We want to bring your light. We want to live as the conquerors you've called us to be. We want to be your ambassadors. We want to be those that shine and live out that power and anointing that you've put in us. Holy Spirit, would you just come this morning and revive us and lead us so that we'd look up and move out, not looking back, not looking inward, but looking at you, the author and the perfecter of our faith. That was an amazing sermon. If you would like to find out what your next step is, why don't you go to our website, lifechanges.org.za or follow us on social media to find out about what is happening in the life of our church. Life Changes Church, we love you. Have an amazing, amazing week.